0: Welcome to Let's Talk Law, the Law Careers podcast for students at King's College London. I'm Caroline Lindner, one of the careers consultants for the Dixon Poon School of Law here at King's. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Pettingale and let me tell you a little bit about him. Michael graduated from King's with a degree in history in 2015. He completed his legal training whilst working in local government and is now a legal trainee in the government legal department. Michael's currently in his fourth and final seat of his training contract, working at the Department for Levelling Up Housing and Communities. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for joining me today on Let's Talk Law.
1: Hello, Caroline.
0: Uh, thanks very much for having me. So you are the first person we've had who's um, working in the government legal department. So I'm very excited that we we have you on the podcast and we'll get to all of that um, a bit later on. But my, my first question to you, Michael, is um, why you decided to study history and, and why you chose to study at King's?
1: Yeah, so um, when I was thinking about what I wanted to do at university, um, someone was telling me a story about the newscaster Trevor McDonald, um, and when he was young before he ever got into journalism he'd been offered a job commentating on the cricket uh, and he turned it down because he felt like he would enjoy it too much and it wouldn't really feel like proper work. <laughs> uh, he's looking back on that wondering why he'd done it um, and I'd been umming and ahhing about what to study at university and someone told me this story and I thought well why don't I just study my favourite subject which was history. Um, I got very lucky I had a, a good history teacher um, and I find the, the subject very interesting so I did that um, and it was it was sort of about understanding how people see the world differently and the stories that you you think about and how that affects the way you see the world and that was that all fed into what I like put about about history. Um, I, King's, I liked the idea of being in London um, and I, I really enjoyed it once I was there about, you know, walking out of lectures and being in the middle of the city and stopping at the National Gallery on the way home and that kind of thing. It's it's unlike anywhere else for that. Um, and I got lucky in some ways because once I got to King's I realised that um, the things I could do there and the, the subjects that it specialises in um, and studying the British Empire was all stuff I was really interested in. So I, I looked out a bit, um, but uh, I'm really glad I ended
0: up there, yeah. Well, wonderful. And as someone who also studied a history degree, uh, I completely get what you're saying about why, you know, choose the subject you love, which was the same for me. So fantastic advice from Trevor McDonald, and uh, fantastic advice for you as well. Um, and what skills did you develop during your degree which have helped in your chosen career?
1: Yeah, so one of the, the things I really like about history is that... Um, I had studied at school and i would kind of done a mix of Arts and Sciences and I like about history that it just crosses that divide Um, you know there are some subjects where it's all about getting the right answer. There are others where it's all about you know how you approach the question. You feel like you're never quite finished because it's everybody's opinion and you're you're balancing them off against each other. Uh, But I like with history that you can be wrong, but there's also a place for your own opinions. I think one of the skills I developed was. Was using different approaches to look at information, uh, so the the way that I chose my modules at King's, I was looking at economics around the time of the Black Death, um, sociology in the Middle Ages. I had a course where we read um, we read literature and used that as a jumping off point for looking at history. Um, I think that's been really useful, the, uh, using different approaches um, and knowing which one to use to suit it to the information you're looking at. And that's been really helpful. Um, And then one of those um, towards the end was about thinking about religion and the way that had affected uh, the development of the British constitution. So I started, started drifting even then towards law.
0: Yes, indeed, yeah. And and before you did come to, to law, and we'll talk about that in a, a few moments time, um, I was very interested when we were talking to prepare for this podcast that you studied for the Associate of King's course, which I'd never heard of. I'm ashamed to say I should know that as a King's employee, but I'd never heard of it. So tell us a little bit more about what that is and I guess why you chose to do it.
1: Yeah, so I hadn't heard of it either before I turned up at King's. It was one of those things in the first few weeks where you yeah, so wide-eyed and looking around, just saw it advertised and thought, "Well, go along, see what it is." Um, it comes from the way that Kings was founded and that the arguments at the time in the early nineteenth century about religion and its place in society, um, and the way that Kings was founded as a response to what's now UCL, uh, mm-hmm. which was offering a secular education. Um, so there's a, a commitment at Kings about offering. I think the the original offer was religious instruction, it's broadened out a lot more now, Um, Mm. so AKC is available to all undergrads, and it's a real mix of of ethics and philosophy and theology, Um, so it goes very broad and talking about ethical problems and into detail on, I remember one lecture we had was about just looking at the Gospel of Mark um, Mm. and how you can read it a certain way and and what Mm. happens if you do. Um, So that was a a really interesting course to study, and I, I think it was valuable about um thinking about big questions because if you're if you're at university it's nice to to take the opportunity to sort of to stop and think about them because there's there's never going to be a better time to do that
0: uh, i couldn't agree with you more to grab those opportunities while you've got the time to do them right it may not feel like you've got a lot of time but actually you do have a lot of time when you're studying to do those sorts of things
1: absolutely yeah and i think there's a habit as well that it, it develops where you uh you get a sense of when you've not reached the answer to a question because mm. you're never going to reach an answer to some questions and it's if you develop the habit of knowing when you've not got to the answer I think that's a really useful thing.
0: Mm, yeah and was that taught across the three years that you were at King's or was it something you did in your first year? How, how is it actually structured uh, in the context of when you study that course?
1: Yes it's a three-year course um, and then there's an exam at the end of each year on the lectures you've had I think it's about 20 lectures a year. For right. that. Um, so it's not not a, an overwhelming time commitment, but it's a, a really thorough course and very interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I should be looking out for other students who've studied that because it does sound very interesting. Um, well, this is a careers podcast, as you're well aware. So we need to talk about careers now. Um, and I'm interested to know, whilst you were at King's, what sort of careers you were considering and and why you were thinking about those potential career destinations because uh, law wasn't necessarily something you were pursuing whilst you were studying at King's, from my my understanding. Is that correct?
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah, law's something I came to later.
0: Um,
1: So studying history, it was interesting learning about the way things work. And I think possibly I was looking as a natural progression from that um, sort of public policy in that kind of area and thinking Mm -hmm. about, you know if you're going to examine the way things work maybe you can use those skills to suggest how they could work a bit better. Um, so that was one area that I made a number of unsuccessful job applications in, um, which is something a theme for a year or so after I finished university. Um, and then the other thing was looking for jobs, so sort of more directly from history, so local museums, national trust, that kind of thing.
0: Mm, um, yeah. So actually, you know, you said that you, you left university, you didn't have a job lined up. Um, and I think that that's that's a reality for many people when they leave university, and it, it can be very daunting, I think, as to you know how do you get that ideal job that you're wanting to do next. so let's I know that you did some work with Citizens advice, didn't you, um after you left university. Is that where your interest in law came from as a potential career destination, or were there other things going on when you've actually when you'd actually graduated?
1: So I'd um, I'd done a bit at school. Uh, I took part in the mock trial competition, which is yeah. a uh, some people may have have come across where you uh, you act out uh, a trial. So mm-hmm. you you take on the characters and you you do the work as the lawyers and you go to court. I mean, we'd had some success in that in the, the school I was at, and we got to the national finals one year. Wow, fantastic! Um, which was a, an interesting experience because I I didn't actually do the the, the lawyer's role in that, that year. I was I was the defendant. Right. Um, so we got to the national finals where it, which were in Leeds and we were at the Crown Court. Um, I think my dad quite enjoyed going into work to say he needed the day off because I was in court that day. <laughs> <laughs> get with me. So we got to Leeds Crown Court and um, it's an interesting setup because I was sitting in the dock as a defendant and the the steps down to the cells are over at the end of the the dock, this is the way I remember it anyway, and uh, you sort of set into the floor so you're lower than everyone else and then there's the bench which is opposite you and the barrister who'd come along to, to volunteer and, and act as the judge for us all as we were acting this out um, had come in robes with the wig, right. yeah. done the full bit, so I was looking up at a sort of 30 degree angle at a barrister who had the, the big seal behind him, cast iron seal, so when he got up to to read the judgment which I think I may have been guilty on that occasion
0: <laughs> it does
1: leave a kind of lasting impression on you yes that, uh,
0: of course I don't want to be in I, that
1: situation again
0: so how, how sort of old were you was that sort of when you're about 15 16 was it around yeah, that sort of age yeah
1: 15,
0: yeah so quite formative actually you've never forgotten that that's very interesting
1: and it was very enjoyable and and uh, yeah I met some really interesting people doing it yeah so I, I did that at school and then um after school as you say I did some volunteering at Citizens Advice uh, and that was really valuable experience and I found that really interesting. I developed skills that I could use later on in my career so um, the experience giving advice is really valuable because that's that's difficult to find um, especially when you're just starting out as a a trainee um, and just getting into the habit of talking to people and talking through issues um, and having to do it all in in plain English. I think that was really valuable, I was studying law at the time, but then having to go and explain things to people um, without using any legal terminology if at all possible. Um, and there is that thing about, you know, the best way to, to understand something is to, to explain it to someone else and then you know you really, you've got it down. Um, the training at Citizens Advice was excellent, um, particularly on how to interview people um, and about what a good interview feels like and how it starts with big broad open questions and you you get a sense of of what people's problems are and all the little details about it you need to pick up on and then narrowing it down and getting all the specific information you need to to help yeah. deal with that Um and citizens of ice i don't know if you found this studying history you run into people later who have done the same thing mm-hmm. and they're always thrilled um yes. citizens of ice is the same so i've had more than one interview where i've told someone i've done that and their faces lit up and it's like, oh yes. yeah i did that too and yes great experience and,
0: Um, Yeah, and very accessible for students, um, as you say, and that's really important. And we should sort of also make the point that, you know, you graduated with your history degree and back at home working um, locally, I understand. Um, And then you did the graduate diploma in law and the LPC. You did that of your own volition. So it wasn't as if you had a training contract necessarily lined up straight away have I got that right
1: that's right yeah yeah I sort of knew the direction I wanted to to head in so I I started off doing it it's uh it maybe was more of a risk than I realized at the time but Mm. I sort of knew where I wanted to go so I headed off in that direction and then Mm. you got to trust that it all come good in the end I suppose sometimes
0: yeah and you were working to at the same time to fund those studies is that right
1: I was yeah I was working um the local parish council um, mm. was looking for someone to do the kind of admin side. So I was I was a, a parish clerk for a couple of years while I was studying, which is a, a really interesting job.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. And so how does the government legal department come along? And, and I, I asked that because a lot of people who come into this podcast are working for international organisations, or they might be barristers. Um, a lot of students at kings, go down the commercial private practice route. And here you are coming towards the end of your training contract with the government legal department. So, you know, why, why, what attracted you to training and working for government?
1: Yes, it wasn't something I was all that aware of until I went along to a a law fair where I was doing my LPC and there just happened to be a a table there from the the government legal department sort of explaining what they do. Um, And it, It was interesting talking to them because of course there are certain things the government can do that's just different to everyone else like Mm. you can you can be involved in changing the law and doing doing all those things um and that that was really interesting so it was a bit of good luck again uh and came across them at at that law fair um and yeah as i say i was working in in local government at the time so it felt like maybe i'd have some skills that could could transfer across and I, i might be able to to do a good job if i did get to get a place there
0: um, yeah yeah so that, that experience you were having in the parish council was actually very helpful in terms of having a bit of background and thinking well I quite like what i do i like what i've seen and maybe this is the right environment for me
1: yeah it's really nice to be working in a job where you can you can look at what you've done and then point at it and go yeah that's that's something i was involved in um,
0: yeah
1: i got yeah. that at the parish council and you, you sort of feel the same sense Working in the government legal department, sometimes as well.
0: Yeah. And well, tell us about the structure of the training contract um, at, at the government legal department.
1: So the the application process uh, there was a series of online tests, and then there's a, a day where we went along for um, a written test, and then some interviews on the basis of that. Um, so I suppose the first thing to say is that at that interview day, you get to express a preference for where you want to end up so most of the lawyers in government are part of the government legal department but there are certain places like the crime agency or um, hm revenue and customs that have their own lawyers so you can express preference at that stage to to go into one of those areas if you've got a real specialism you want to be involved in Um, the training contract itself starts with uh, two contentious seats Um, and I did it where I had one, which was about public law litigation, was mostly judicial review work, and then one about private law litigation. Um, and then in the second year, you get to express preference again about which departments interest you, and you do non-contentious seats where you're advising people who are developing policy about what kind of legal risks they might run into, depending on how they develop the policy, um, and also how to go about achieving what they want to achieve so how they can make legislation if they can make secondary legislation in an area that sort of thing and, and doing the kind of interpretation statute to see what can happen to uh, to achieve the policy aims um i think one of the unusual things about the, the training contract at the government legal department is there's not much of a distinction between solicitors and barristers mm-hmm. everyone's doing pretty much the same work. Um, barristers go out on secondment for six months to Chambers because there's certain things that the GLD doesn't do, so they they go to Chambers and get the kind of extra experience there. Uh, and then there are other comments as well. There are some people who go out to, to commercial firms for six months. Um, and they're developing nuance all the time about, you know, within government, getting different specialisms. Mm. Um, after the end of the training contract, there's another scheme that if you're if you, you qualify and you're offered a place in the government legal department um you're onto a, a four-year scheme which is called two plus two which is is again you do one contentious one non-contentious um and that's about getting people uh exposure to all the different things that the government does because so depending where you are you can be doing quite different work mm. some departments there's a lot of uh, money that goes through them and you're, you're looking at um Giving out grants and, and going through those processes uh, in a way that's that's fair to everyone. Uh, other departments you might be working on, you know, more specific things. Um, so there's there's things that like lawyers attached to the attorney general's office we have a very particular role, and that's that's experience that that can be uh, interesting. Um, yeah so that's that's kind of how it's structured
0: thank you that's really interesting because of course that two plus two program after you qualify um it is very different to the way that if you were to qualify in private practice where you tend to specialize in a particular department or practice area quite quickly so that's really interesting that breadth of experience that that you gain um is fascinating and I guess the one thing to point out is and it may sound like a very Obvious thing, Michael, so forgive me, but your client is the government. Yeah, and absolutely. So it's it, when you think about uh, going in house, which some people listen to this may think they want to do in the future, that department, that company they're working for, is their client. So the difference for you is that your client is the government, and there are many different parts of the government, different priorities, there's different policies, and is a shifting sort of uh, dynamic, I guess, depending on what's going on, on in the world or in the country. So it's very, yeah, it is very broad, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. And I think that, that comparison to being in-house is a, an interesting one because it's, uh, it's you're working with the same people a lot of the time, developing policy in a particular area. Uh, so you get that kind of closer relationship with the clients as well, which yeah. is nice. Um, and of course, because it's because it's government, they have to respond to whatever happens um, yes. and I think that's part of the reason why people move around so yeah. that they've got a really wide range of skills
0: yeah um, yeah fascinating um so you were part of a, a generation of people starting training which was disrupted by the pandemic so I'm assuming that that meant a lot of virtual working for you like the rest of us but how did you deal with that you started this job you worked very hard to get it and then suddenly you're not able to go to the office, presumably, very much if at all. So, what what did that sort of mean in practical terms, and how did you deal with it?
1: Yeah, that's that's right. It's September 2020. I started, um, so there was uh, it was a long time before there was a lot of people back into the offices, um, and it's it highlights sort of certain aspects of being a trainee. I think because um, one of the things I found a little bit more difficult was if you're doing something for the first time, you can get to a point where you. You're pretty much sure you know what you're going to do, and that it's probably the right way to do it. But it's nice to have someone next to you in the mm-hmm. office because you can just go, "Can I double check before I spend a few hours on this that I'm yeah. not about to do something daft?" Um, and that those questions where you can just ask them quickly um, is is something yeah. I enjoy now that I'm in the office, and is something that I think is really is really valuable. Um, and I think it, it highlights kind of a difference quite an interesting difference kind of moving from uh, studying to being a trainee because if you're you're studying you're you're really trying to make the most of what you know and uh, and show kind of all the information you've you've taken in and then you get to being a trainee and if if you're in the least bit unsure the best thing you can do is not not try to wing it just go and yes. double check and it's it's quite a shift from yeah from the one attitude to the other um, I was quite lucky because um the government legal department's a really supportive environment, and everyone makes sure that everybody else in the team's doing okay. At least that's that's been my experience of it, and I think a lot of people have found the same. Um, and that's that's something I've, I've really valued over the last couple of years because it's been a little bit chaotic at times. Um, yes. Uh, and the other the other thing is just focusing on on well-being, and there's a, a real emphasis on that as well at GLD, and and. Yeah, not not trying to do too much yourself and that kind of constant communication about how much you've got on and how many hours you're going to need to work to do that much work and you know you are taking the time off yourself as well and I think it's a it's a, a fortunate thing that the the organisation was was set up so well to to deal with it because it it meant that you got to develop develop some habits which I think will be quite quite good ones to to stick with
0: um, yeah, and it's fantastic to hear that there is that focus on well-being because um, there's not a day goes by when you don't see something in the legal press more broadly about well-being, stress levels, etc., which, you know, we know is is something that the legal sector, um, it, you know, it's part and parcel of it. So it's fantastic to hear that you've been getting that sort of support and encouragement in the in the right way to build those healthy working habits so that that's just music to my ears anyway um we've touched i think we may have touched upon this already michael so you may not have a huge amount to say but what would you say are the main differences between working as a lawyer within government and and private practice is it is it the client part um or is it is it something else or other aspects that you've sort of you would like to share with our listeners
1: yes certainly the the client part i think is that's sort of comparable to to work in-house maybe um I think the, the thing that was highlighted, that law fair about um, getting to do work on legislation, um, you know, if you, you get to a point whether it's not possible to do something because of the way the law's written, the the strange thing about working in government is that's just the start of a new conversation about, so how can we change the law and what would yeah. it involve and how long would it take and uh, other other ways to achieve what we want to achieve. And that's, that's a really interesting thing to be involved in. Um, I think the other, the other thing about working in government is, um, once the questions make it up to a government department, um, they're normally reasonably, uh, difficult in one way or another. There's some reason why somebody else hasn't already taken care of it first, um, so it, it comes in, there's something interesting about it, um, so there's not a lot of, of routine work, and it, it means that you get quite a lot of, Responsibility early on, um, which is is something I've in, quite enjoyed uh, about the training contract I've had, um, and I felt like I've really been able to to take some initiative on stuff and uh, and get some experience doing doing that work and set up to to qualify and, and do the job properly. Then,
0: yeah, well, that's brilliant to hear. Um, we've we've come to the, our final question. These podcasts always go so quickly. Um, What's the best piece of career advice that you've received, by Cullen, and and why why was it the best piece of advice that you've received?
1: Um, so I think the the best piece of advice I ever received was um, somebody told me once it's basically three things that uh, a person can offer you in a job is is the salary, the the work life balance, and the work that you get to to do while you're there. Um, and if somebody offers you two out of three, then bite the hand off because it's really rare to find all three Mm -hmm. Um, and I I found that really helpful advice because it got me to think about you know which two of the three did I really want yeah Um, and if I'm only going to get two out of three which is the one that I can not worry about so much Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was that was really helpful advice to get
0: yeah that's a great piece of advice you say there's um, careers in all shapes and sizes and it's thinking about what your values are and what's most important to you um so, yeah that's a brilliant piece of advice i'm sure our listeners will take that on board and uh, michael it's been delightful to have you on the podcast and um, it's always wonderful to have people on the podcast who have come from um disciplines that you know haven't been law at kings and you history is, is a very well trodden path to, to the law as we both know and to hear about your work in the government legal department and we really do wish you every success for the future and hope that you'll come back um, to King's in some some way um, in the not too distant future but before I do let you go to get on with the rest of your day um, I just want to remind our listeners that we'll be back soon with a new episode of Let's Talk Law but in the meantime thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story and your your thoughts Um, really have appreciated it it's been wonderful chatting with you.
1: Yeah lovely talking to you thanks very much for having me.